Welcome back to the ATI Podcast, episode 12, and on this edition of the podcast, we've got an awesome guest ahead, Driftless, but before we get to that, I'm Barrett, he's Josh. Hey, hey, hey. What's new in Josh's world? Nothing, dude. Not like literally nothing new. Just same old, same old. Wife, kids, you know, that good old, good, good old, good, good. Living that American dream? Yep. Getting that good, good on the reg? You, sir? Anything new? Uh, not really. Um, just kind of been grinding it out. The podcast has kept us pretty busy. Yeah. And developments in between and just trying to get ready. Uh, got a big 10 year anniversary coming up, wedding anniversary. And then shortly thereafter that, uh, family vacation. So yeah, me and Alyssa's anniversary is coming up the 2nd of May. We yeah. have no plans. So <laughs> May is a big anniversary and wedding month, of course. So yeah, looks like we're going to be getting a little help from some family and looks like Pam and I might be able to sneak away for the night at least. There you go. And not exactly what we had in, in mind or plans or wishes or dreams or desires of, at a 10 year anniversary. I think we at one point kind of had our hearts set on going to Jamaica, but uh, life happens man yeah, that's yeah. what happens when you have three kids and they're yeah. all under 10 years old and one of them's a toddler so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard man i know it's hard to make plans like that not not a lot you can do about that situation but let's talk about some other current events and things on the horizon of course uh big news today specifically is jerry springer 79 dies yeah man that's sad that's terrible he was a huge part of our lives in pop culture i would say his show peaked at or around 2000, so there was a lot of things going on in the 2000 range. For me, I can speak from my perspective, but it was just kind of a pop culture boom for me. Yeah. Music, movies, TV, pop culture, uh, professional wrestling, you know, everything. Kind of the tail end of the Attitude Era. So, and Jerry Springer was kind of like at the heart of that. He was kind of in that same mold or, or hemisphere, if you will, of some of the things that they were actually doing in professional wrestling and uh, on Howard Stern's show and just kind of the shock jock nature and just kind of the yeah. fringe and controversial, would yeah, you say? Yeah, I would say that's Subject probably matter. some of my first memories of ever hearing anything about like transgender or yeah. gay or anything like that was on the Jerry Springer show. Right. You know, for me, it was kind of like the underground talk show. Like my mom and my sister watched like Ricky Lake and Sally, yeah. Jesse, Raphael right. and all them, you know. So for the me- The Rosie O'Donnell's show. Right. So for me, it was kind of like this cool underground show that I wasn't supposed to watch that I watched, you know, so it exposed me to a lot. So right. it played a huge role in our childhood. Former mayor of Cincinnati, and he actually ran for governor in Ohio in 82, which I didn't know until today. I didn't know he was the mayor. I knew that he was the mayor. <laughs> and then I didn't, he, did he not have his own judge show like Judge Judy? Briefly? I think so. Yeah. 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 I don't think I caught mu- as much traction as like the Springer show or anything like no, that. No, no. I think his Springer show even ran up until this last decade so yeah it's wild that it had that long of a run but well and like wilco so he got to start his own show and right. he branched off from the jerry springer show because he was security on there so right he was huge in show business when we were kids like i remember seeing him in um like a uh, austin powers remember they did that skit with dr evil and scott where they go on to jerry springer right. show because they have a terrible relationship wasn't he like in one of the scary movies also i want to say i, I want to say yeah i want to yeah. say yeah so yeah huge icon in our you know in our childhood media wise <laughs> 
we're just going to go ahead and address the elephant in the room, and that is the Cardinals fucking suck right now. Oh, my God. I mean, it is bad. I don't... How people keep their jobs in that organization after such ridiculous decisions that have been made. Like, Ali Marmol, how is he making decisions about who's staying up on the big league roster and in the outfield and shit like that? Like, they sent down Walker in the last 24 hours. Like, why? Only one of the few people that are producing, like, making hits, and you want him to work on his swing right now when you're fucking 9 and 17 or whatever? it's ridiculous, and... They, 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 I think people try to point towards stats like war and fielding and shit and fielding percentage or whatever and everything. Well, guess what? He's 20 years old. He's going to be learning some fucking lessons out there. Right. Without question, there's going to be a, 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 we need a grade on the curve here, if you will. But I think it's pretty clear just by watching the guy stand in the batter's box and swing the bat that there's nothing but upside here. And he's a rare specimen. I can tell you, like, his stats across the plate are better than... Now, is it the Marlins or Tampa Bay that's got a guy that's in contention for Rookie of the Year, too, that a lot of eyes are on? But uh, um, his name escapes me at the moment, but I know it's an East Coast, you know, warm-weather team. Right. It's just... I don't, I don't understand how they're making these decisions, and then you hear shit like Mosellock coming on and saying, well, we're just asking our fans for patience. We know we have the talent. And I knew a lot of this fucking shit they did in the last, you know, 24, 48 hours was going to be ju- to just justify bringing up DeYoung. Now, don't right, get me wrong. Right. DeYoung is looking like he's corrected himself, but I think it's like a little too early to tell because there's just been a lot of con- inconsistency with him, I think. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to put all my marbles in that sack. Right, right. You know, again, the, the move doesn't make any sense to me. There's not a lot of justification behind it. And uh, and who they brought up whenever they sent down Jordan Walker, which is Modder. I like Modder. Don't get me wrong. He's not a bad guy, but he's not Jordan Walker. <laughs> not even not close. Jordan Walker. Dude. Okay. Yeah. And if you really want to make some fucking moves, how about we go get some fucking pitching? Because that continues to be the fucking problem. Well, look at Memphis Redbirds. Look at their record. Yeah. I mean, let's let's bring all these boys up. If they're produced, like, you put up or shut up, dude. I, I agree. And I, like, you do your job or we will find somebody to do your job. Like, I don't understand what right? we're doing. Right. And there's Arenado is kind of having an unusual streak for himself, you know, at the plate. He did and, not look good at the plate last night. And... Contreras as well is not uh, producing that great. Yeah. The only one that seems like wants to win is Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt <laughs> was playing like a man on fire. I think it was, was it today or yesterday, man? He was just insanity. I love that production. Dude. You know, I, I understand some of this is a slump and they're going to get over it, but also at the same time, I mean, what the fuck, man? I think a lot of the problem stems from the top on down. Absolutely. And I think Mo is, needs to be in that conversation of Absolutely. being replaced. The only thing is, is he's such a yes man for the DeWitts. And he, you know what I mean? He, he's to like, their, I he's feel like their paper boy. You know what I mean? If whatever mandate that he's receiving from the DeWitts is just to, you know, play cheap. Other than that, I don't think that he there's much policing on him. I think that is kind of the problem is that his rise in the organization and his power and his decision making kind of was quick, to be honest with you. You know, he was a Walt Jockety protege. Right. right. And Walt went on to Cincinnati and, and he replaced Walt and he had some early success. So, you know, that that gave him a longer leash with the DeWitts, I believe. Right. But I mean, it was it's a joke. He's the VP of operations. He put Gersh as the Aaron boy in his GM. Well. I think he specifically did that is so he can make himself a new position to collect a bigger paycheck is what I think with that. That but. and two, I think that he's creating himself some patsies. Yeah. And so he I, has some fall guys. Right. <laughs> I don't think Mike Schilt was that bad of a, a manager and I don't know that he should have been fired and, and Marmol is just going to be a puppet. And, you know, they got rid of Schilt the minute that he spoke against 
you right. know, some of their plans and ideologies and right. didn't agree with some upper management decisions. And, and when Schilt thought he was going in for a contract extension, they fucking fired him. And, and I think it really kind of blindsided everybody. Everybody was kind of surprised by that firing. Yeah. Marmol seems like a nice guy. I think he's like our age. Yeah, you know, he He's is. pretty young guy. He's in his 30s, yeah. I don't know that he's... I mean, obviously he knows more about baseball than I do because I'm not the fucking manager of the Cardinals. But right. that being said, you know, it's you got to put up or shut up. And what results has he has he produced, quite frankly? My thing is, are we just going to keep handing people within the organization the job? Or are we going to go out and find somebody with See, that's, experience? that's a lot of it. and Somebody uh, that wants to come in and... You know, run house and I think take the care fucking answer is Yadier Molina's manager, him or Albert Pools. Somebody, I think that would make a drastic difference. Somebody, I mean, you, you there's got to be all kinds of red flags going up. Look at Jeff Albert. You know, look at right, um, right. What's his name? The pitching coach that left Maddox. Maddox. I mean, look at all this. Look, look, look. What's happened in the last two seasons? And look what the Cardinals' record is. And look at the decision that's being made. Right. And you tell me where the problem is. Right. Well, <laughs> Matt Holiday was supposed to be our bench coach this year, and he walked away like shortly before spring training started. Yeah, and I think he used the excuse that his kid got signed yeah. or something. But I think there was more to it. Than I mean, that. come on, you like you didn't know his kid was going to get signed, <laughs> right? I mean, right. Yeah, that that was just a BS patsy excuse. I think. Right, I think he just wasn't for with how the organization's being run. I have no doubts about it, and he's a class act. He would never speak out publicly like that, I don't think. No, no. Unless it was just egregiously atrocious, whatever it was, so. I mean, it, I think feel like this season's different, though. Like, even, like, the commentators and stuff, like, you can tell, man. Oh, just shit. Everybody's... Well, let's talk about Al Rabowski's thing <laughs> he said on the fucking post game. He, he said for the announcers not to to come down to the first level so they don't have aren't tempted to basically jump out and commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, so they don't jump <laughs> off the highest floor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty wild statement. Damn! I'm surprised that I'm surprised it made air. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's making the rounds. Uh, Bernie Nicholas leaned into it. And, you know, he's a big STL Today contributor over the years, 101 uh, ESPN, huge St. Louis sports writer for decades now. He shared that and he was like, man... Uh, I don't. I don't know. We should be making these type of comments on TV. Yeah, that one. That one was a little questionable for sure. But yeah. it's the mad Hungarian man. What do you expect? Oh come on, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I just kind of look like I look at him almost like I look at back. You know, Mike Shannon back in the day, which, fantastic player, of course. Yeah. But uh, at a certain point in time, it's just like there's there's staples. You know, in the organization, they're going to be around, and uh, I think they get a lot of leeway with what they say, even if it's something that's. Uh, you know, off color or whatever the case Shannon, is. dude. I mean, Mike Shannon was fucking sitting up there drinking Jack and Coats constantly. So, but I don't know what all the answers are, but I do believe it. It starts with getting good pitching, leaving the fucking lineup alone. So people have the ability for consistency. Right. And I'm I mean, not going to say it's out spots. of the question getting rid of right. Marmont either. I think that's a very good decision. Like I said, I think uh, even going higher than that and going mow on down would be a well, good first step, like but that, it's but never going to happen. Yeah, they're, they're not going to do that in the middle of the early, early in the season no, it, no. at all either, too. Yeah. But I, I think those are more end-of-year decisions if they even happen. But yeah. I think Mosaic just got an extension, I he think, probably in the offseason. Yeah, so. he probably did. Other interesting things going on in current events-wise, well, since the last time that we were able to speak on them. Uh, the Battle Hawks ended the year strong. AJ McCarron set records for touchdowns and yards passed in a single game, and the Battle Hawks set the record for most points scored in a game. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Um, they did end up in a tie with the Seattle Sea Dragons, and Sea Dragons had the better conference record, so they owned the tiebreaker. Therefore, they went to the playoffs. So unfortunately, no Battle Hawks in the playoffs this year. Had a good season, had a lot of hope. Thank the fans yeah. for the turnout because we supported them, showed the NFL that this is still a football city, yeah, regardless the dome, of baby. 
the collusion that took place by the owners to move the Rams out of St. Louis. Yeah. Whenever we had taxpayer dollars dedicated to a brand new stadium that was plenty enough, and uh, Cronky and his fucking minions like Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder, snakes in the fucking grass, yeah. decided to move the team out of the city. So Corporate interest, baby. Fuck you. <laughs> Once again. Another big thing in the media is we could, we could always be talking about something with Trump, but uh, I think kind of a big mile marker today specifically is Pence is testifying about the events of January 6th now in federal court. So I'm really looking forward to what comes out of that. No statements have been released at this time as far as, you know, what Pence has said uh, in the court yet. But I think this will be very interesting to hear. Uh, as we all know, Pence is, um, I guess, kind of running. Or yeah, at least he's I, making allusions to Yeah, he hasn't, like, I think officially come out and said that he's running. Right. But, I mean, yeah, he's been going around. He's been having whatever you call them, rallies or right. <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to call it. Paid speeches and what have you. He got booed at the NRA convention. Did you yeah. see that? So. And he said, I love you too. Yeah. <laughs> he just got up there. I, I think he looks like Cotton Hill went to church. And got a dildo stuck up his ass. Yeah, he's like squinting a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, he looks squinting. like he almost looks like he winces in pain constantly. Yeah, he's like mother. I think it's the mother. I'm plug. in pain. <laughs> mother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, fuck that guy for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm good for Pence. At least he's doing the right thing. I mean, I know he's a part of that. Well, I don't know. He has much of a choice. And, right. and B, when a motherfucker is literally encouraging people to fucking kill you right uh, like trump was yeah like you know people saying we're gonna friendship hang. ends real quick in those type of situations right yeah no shit H- hang pence and all that bullshit yeah, i seen yeah, yeah that's fucking crazy i don't blame him i'd yeah. be out for blood too i'd be like oh and, you, you know he's up there saying shit like and he clearly incited people to do acts of violence against pence specifically as you know he's up there saying shit like and maybe pence will do the right thing you know like yeah. throwing him under the fucking bus and, and not shit. certify an election his know. fucking constitutional duty oh Oh my god you know these people try to act like they're the party of constitution but uh, they don't follow it very well <laughs> you know yeah speaking of presidents joe biden officially announces i guess not that it's any huge surprise that he's running again and i don't think any left-leaning or liberal person or progressive person is extremely excited about that and i know i'm certainly not no i'm definitely not um i was really hoping he would kind of throw in the towel um because it's really gonna i kind think of it's gracefully gonna bow out I, i'm scared i'm afraid it's gonna send a split down the left side and i think it's gonna it's definitely a dangerous situation for the 2024 election and within 24 hours bernie sanders said he's not running and he endorses biden which that really kind of chaps my ass too yeah it does me too you know that's a whole nother discussion (laughs) but again we've detailed it here on the show a thousand times it's you know the problem with biden is the fact that he has not delivered on a lot of promises, he has pandered. He just leaves a lot to be desired, unfortunately. And a lot of what he does, quite frankly, is not a good look. Now, compared to Trump, he's a fucking angel. Oh, goddamn. Right? So, I'd lick his feet compared to Trump. There is that. But I'm just tired of this whole, like, choosing the lesser of two evils thing. It, is it done to seem like that with every election, though? Yeah. Like, yeah. with everything. Yeah. Like, I, it's just insanity, man. I heard a good bit not too long ago and that was the republican party and the democratic party is just like the difference between walmart and target the commonality is that the fact that they prey upon poor people but the main difference is just one is a little bit less racist than the other (laughs) (laughs) that's a pretty good uh that's pretty good description yeah i would say that's pretty accurate (laughs) yeah so i i just it's hard to be a parent it's hard to be a community member it's hard to be a taxpayer and have a lot of positive feelings about the future. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm scared. 
I'm not gonna lie. I'll straight up here, me and you talking straight one 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 on one. I am definitely a hundred percent scared for my child, children's future. There's, there's a lot of the ways I can see 2024 going. And what power does the president have ultimately because of the systems of checks and balances and so on and so forth? I mean, one can make the argument not a lot. However, you are the leader of the free world, and the influence that you have alone does a lot. Right, right. And we we saw what Trump did to damage our country's reputation in and of itself. Well, so. and if one party can, can get in control of a lot of of uh, of enough stuff, it can change our democratic process too. It does, and it has, and that certainly happened. And with 2016, there was a huge uh, movement of Republican seats. You know, right. taking over and what have you. But I, I've seen it time and time and again, really been paying attention uh, very closely to politics since 2000. And I, I've, I've just, every time that a party has had complete power, they've never even capitalized on the things that they've promised and begged and, and pleaded with their people that they were going to do. And, right, right. And, it, and if that doesn't tell you everything that you need to know, even with the Republicans completely in in control, you know, during the Bush years, even with Democrats completely in control some of Obama's years, you know, they didn't execute on all of their promises. And uh, that should really tell you something. Well, now it's just, it just seems like legislation that will piss off the other side. It's, let's, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even seem like, it's just like, what can we do right. to solidify our side and piss off the other side? You know what I mean? Like, that's just what I feel like everything is now. And, and one big point that I don't want to pass up here, too, with the rerunning of Biden and Harris on ticket is, can somebody tell me what the fuck Kamala Harris has done to this point? You haven't heard anything. Exactly. Now, is that good or is that bad, though, Is would be my, my question. Because you've heard a lot about vice presidents in the past, how they've either been confidants or educators or biggest advocates for presidents. I mean, I think it's come to be known very well that Cheney actually did a lot of the string pulling on Bush and during the Bush administration. And honestly, like, a lot of the depictions and things that I've read and seen about Bush almost makes me kind of feel sorry for him. It's like they were like taking advantage of the guy and his name and his right. celebrity and his family and recognition. And like, it was just all these fucking people in a support system that were just like exploiting the shit out of him. Yeah. And he was taking advice from people. Yeah. You know? He's dumb too. So that well, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. But I feel sorry for him because he's yeah. fucking stupid. I know. You know. I know. But no, even like with Trump, like, when you've seen a lot of Trump, you've seen a lot of Pence when he was president. I feel right, like we've right. seen a lot. Like, where is Kamalia? Like, I, I don't know, hardly ever I mean, even I've, see I've seen a few things, but I don't know. Just not like What, telling other... Mexicans not to come? <laughs> uh, not, That's not, the last thing I remember. I have not seen enough of her, even compared to any vice president in my lifetime that I can recall. I mean, just think about somebody like Al Gore. Right. How much did you see? Very active. Right. Very That's, active. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Something's uh, up, man. It's weird. You know, we talked about Dick Cheney just now, Joe Biden as a vice president. I mean, you hear so many stories, even from Barack Obama himself, about how much that Joe helped shape and influence his policy, his political beliefs, his his thoughts. Like Biden made him, made Barack Obama okay with same-sex marriage, which I was like, <laughs> Which is the same what? guy in the 80s saying, sex is not uh, uh only between a man and a woman. Right. Which I know people's views and opinions can change you know, over time, which we're not going to open that can of worms. But I'm just saying, you know, it, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, it's just uh, another example of our broken political systems. And um, tell you right now, folks, don't put your faith in any of them. And eventually they get to some level of, and the corruption starts to seep in and all that fantastic stuff. I think the only other Democratic candidate I seen was uh, 
Kennedy, right? Robert Kennedy's son. Um, what's his oh, name? Oh, running for president? Yeah, he announced his. I did but not. This, RFK the third? I would be his grandson. Yeah, let me look it up. Yeah, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. files paperwork to run for president as Democrat. His dad was Robert F. Kennedy. Let us know how that works out for you. I guess his name is Jr., so that yeah. would make sense. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that being said, guys, I think that's going to wrap up the current events and open for us, and we're really excited to get into our conversation with Driftless. I think our audience is going to like them. I know we have a lot of post-rock fans out there, myself included, and uh, these guys make very beautiful music, and I'm very honored to have them on the show as a guest. So stick around after the break. We're going to be speaking with Driftless. Everybody and welcome back to the ATI podcast. We're here for episode 12 with the band Driftless. And we've got Grant from Driftless as well as Tony joining us. I'm Barrett. He's Josh. You're familiar with us. And we are so excited about this conversation tonight. How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah, we're good. Thank you guys for coming on to the show. Yeah, really thank you so much it. for your time, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks again for having us. Yeah, we're pumped to be here. We wanted to let everybody know kind of how we came across you guys. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of looking through drum reels on Instagram myself. And I came across some of Grant's work. And it was in promotion of the new album that they had coming out uh, at the time, was which was Perfect Blue. And I was like, man, this guy's got some good chops. I need to go check out this music. And if this is his music, like I need to listen to this music. So once I uh, went down the rabbit hole and found you guys, I started with uh, your Instagram or excuse me, Spotify account. Once I found you on Instagram and I was like, man, these guys got quite a bit of content and uh, this, this is awesome. And I quickly became a fan. I was like, I'm just going to reach out to these guys, see if they'd be cool with coming on the podcast. So yeah. this is a real pleasure to have you guys on the show today. Like I am a fan without question. Yeah, we're pumped. We appreciate it. And yeah, I appreciate uh, that recording videos and making that content actually gets to somebody <laughs> not just bots yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say it seems like anything anymore all social media is automated so it's good to see like actual human interaction <laughs> right right yeah i know you guys are kind of uh northern midwestern boys for the most part uh, and then some of the band members have ended up out there in oregon as well so I would assume maybe you guys met each other like going through school or something like that. And is that in the Minnesota area? Yeah. Um, me and Evan met in Minnesota through some mutual friends like during high school. And um, uh, I went to college in Wisconsin, which is where I met Grant. And um, <laughs> Very cool. As far as like music that you guys were into at the time, you know, was that post-rock at that time? Or talk to me about some of the music you guys were into and maybe some musical influences, key musical influences for you personally in your life at that time. Yeah, I mean, 
gosh, I think, uh, I can't remember the exact year, but yeah, it was, I don't know, it was probably like 20 or 21 or something when I kind of stumbled across post-rock and I think it was Explosions in the Sky was my first uh, taste of it. Actually, you know what it was? It probably was actually, uh, I don't remember the sweet soundtrack to uh, 28 Days Later. I, I forgot go. who did that that score, but I remember hearing that as like a high John school Murphy. or something. Yeah, and it was like, holy crap, this is, <laughs> what is this music? Yeah. And anyways, then I just didn't encounter it until years later and yeah it was probably whatever 21 or so or 20 and discovered uh exposed in the sky and like this will destroy you all the you know kind of standards and yeah titans of the of the the genre and yeah just really fell in love with it with that they start starting from there very cool what about you tony yeah i honestly can't remember how i got into post-rock it might have been from grant yeah like when, okay. we, when, when we met like we kind of formed a connection because like we were both in metal bands and like really plugged into the metal scene. And um, at, at some point, like Grant had a house and like some drums and amps in the basement. And like we started just jamming and like post-rock stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just like with no like um, goal in mind, but that's, I think kind of where, where it all started. Like jerkless for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we should shout out uh, Danny, that son of a gun. <laughs> another another <laughs> friend uh, who uh, I lived with uh, in college. And yeah, him and I were both kind of becoming like big post-rock nerd. Well, he was even further into it than I was when we met. We actually became friends talking about <laughs> post-rock one night, kind of drunk at a party. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, like him and I, we lived together. And we kind of yeah, jam around with some of that. And then you know, eventually we got out of school and, uh, we were all kind of, we just had stopped playing in our old, older bands and we're looking just for something new and different and just, yeah, all started to hang out and just, you know, got together and started jamming and see how it worked out and kind of yeah. eventually worked out that, that first EP still and just came together pretty naturally. Very cool. And as far as, you know, your guys' instruments and your ability to play them, was that what, what drew you, Grant? I guess I'll start with you to the drums uh, initially. I mean, they're, they're just sick. Like, I don't know. Like, they're, <laughs> they're like, they're just the most obviously cool instrument to me. <laughs> like, yeah. just, you know, from the outside, you know, if you haven't ever played anything, it's like, that looks like a good time, regardless. And right. It, it has instant gratification, you know. It, even if you make like a pretty nasty sounding beat like off time and not real polished but as like your first starting as soon as you kind of hit it a little bit you're like oh my god i'm on i'm on the path like to becoming a drummer and versus like i feel like i don't know guitar it's uh it's gonna be a struggle (laughs) (laughs) you gotta play smoke on the (laughs) freaking water man and like right right (laughs) nobody wants to do that like i don't know it seems like more people try to play guitar too so that's right kind of like a i don't know uh, just an oversaturation to some extent yeah, I don't know, but it's just the it's just the obvious fun nature of it, I think, is what drew me to right, it. Right. And I played a little little jazz band when I was in high school and got a little taste of it kinda way back when and just yeah, stuck with it. So you guys said you were like in the metal scene and um what was it like? More like deathcore, like metalcore stuff or for me, yeah. I mean, it was all over the place, like post hardcore, melodic hardcore. Right. Deathcore, just everything. Yeah, and a transfer transitioning into that post-rock was was that difficult for me not really like a lot of the metal i was into was like the very like atmospheric uh melodic metal so i think that translates pretty well to to post-rock exactly yeah and and tony what what drew you to your instrument initially 
just like when I was 13 or 14, like I started getting into metal just because of like the, the friend group I hung out with and I was watching music videos and just saw him playing guitar and I was like, shit, that's so cool. Like I want to shred like I want to try it. Yeah. <laughs> try it out. So I just like, I got a guitar and I started learning to play all the songs I liked and I just sit there and like play along to like my favorite albums front to back to, and then just started writing my own stuff eventually. Do you remember the first song you learned how to play? <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, <laughs> man. It was something by the used man. Okay. I can't remember the song name. Yeah. But nice. uh, <laughs> not, not a metal, not a metal band, but right, right, right. <laughs> that was for like, sure. yeah. Popular at the time for sure. Oh dude, yeah. I still jam the used. I won't lie. Yeah. I don't, I was never personally <laughs> yeah. a big fan of them, but uh, they were like always touring with bands that I liked. Like I really got into under oath. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Especially when uh, they're only chasing safety came out. I was really into them. Saw them like several times around that time. Yeah. But the used was always kind of touring with them. And then like that under oath DVD came out. Yeah. When they were touring with the used. So they yeah. were like acting like we were like, you know, just yeah. goofy ass kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the used was like my gateway to metal. Maybe, you know, they kind of like, they, they screamed mm -hmm. once in a while and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I don't remember that switch where I was just like all of a sudden okay with that. Cause I know right. that's like not the music that I was necessarily raised on. Uh, there were heavy bands that I was raised on, like, you know, like Black Sabbath and, and bands like that. And, like my dad liked them, but I, I really can't remember that band that was kind of the gateway when it came to screaming. Yeah. The used is probably one of the earlier ones that I actually kind of got into that did that. Uh, like a box full of sharp objects, stuff like that. Like that was actually some of the earlier screamo type stuff that I listened to. I right. think so. Yeah, that's a good call on that. I didn't really think about the used being one of the earlier ones. <laughs> I know that you guys have been cutting teeth all together for a little while. When did the band first start? When did Driftless start? So that was yeah, back in I think 2015, somewhere around then. Uh, we all kind of collectively finished with college and then moved near each other in uh, the Twin Cities in Minnesota, and. Just were, I don't know, kind of hanging out and started kicking around the idea of just starting to work on a new project, just, you know, kind of all living in a new, or not necessarily new city to us, but just at that point in life anyways, uh, it'd be fun to start a new project and play some shows and just kind of see what happens and had kind of like, I don't know, just low stress. It was just like, have fun with it and yeah make, make something new. I think we were all maybe right. getting a little bit tired of some of the projects or what we've been working on prior and just was a good kind of fresh start. Yeah, it seems like kind of the genre change was is a pretty good palate cleanser and a, a hard lead in the opposite direction to some extent, for sure. Mm -hmm. And whenever you guys uh, first started, you know, the band, was it with anything in mind outside of just doing something different? You know, did you guys have any ambitions of, you know, playing out initially uh, and uh, kind of where you wanted to go with the project and that sort of thing? What type of goals did you guys have? I think uh, nothing really. I mean, I think for sure we were like, yeah, let's play some shows, but that's yeah. like the extent of the ambition there. Like, sure. And like, yeah, let's, you know, once we started uh, jamming more and forming some songs, it was like, well, yeah, let's, you know, put out a record. Got something here. Right. Yeah. Now, are you guys of the school of thought? Uh, do you guys do like your own recording and tracking and that stuff? Or do you guys go to a studio for that? <laughs> I'll, I'll hit the drums part and you can talk about guitars. How about that? We've been uh, yeah tracking drums. Actually, we did it two two places, but we the last two albums, EPs, have been with Carpet Booth in Rochester, Minnesota. 
shout out to Zach there. Uh, he's great to work with. Uh, has done done some uh, Young Gravy uh, tracks lately. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a sweet sweet studio. Uh, so anyways, yeah, as we do live track in there, and then actually still did it at my my buddy's uh, studio that he was setting up, dude named Brandon, and uh, we did it at his house for yeah, the first one, and then yeah, it worked out pretty good. But yeah, you can get into the guitar side of stuff. Yeah, sounds great. How about you, Tony? Yeah, I mean, drums was just the one thing where we were like, yeah, we want this to be live and real drums. But other right. than that, like we'd been recording demos for, for years before that. So it's like we felt pretty capable to just track our own guitars and vocals and everything else. So that's what we've been doing. Are you guys mixing stuff yourself or are you guys sending that off to get done? Yeah, we, we send it off. We don't trust ourselves to <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I'll, smart, I'll say, Tony's being a little modest right here. He he does a lot of the heavy lifting. <clears throat> and I know he did a lot of that with the, his previous band too. And you know, starting this band, he was already like solid with it. For sure getting really good demos, but I mean you do a lot of prep work before it goes off to we have do like the final mix and master yeah, so you're, you can't beat that like professional <laughs> professional polish you know? right right so right. yeah but yeah we do the best we can <laughs> i think it's always like a good practice to have a fresh set of ears on anything really and also you can kind i know i can speak from my own experience like you can kind of get caught up in your own head exactly and you can hear certain things maybe that aren't there or, or not as prominent as you think that they are in the music and uh it's really helpful to like put that into somebody else's capable hands mm -hmm. right we've been super fortunate to work with some pretty pretty solid producers uh for those mix and masters like most recently which <clears throat> i know we were all like <laughs> fanboying over uh will yip did uh perfect blue uh for us and I, I just remember I still haven't done it, but like the first email he sent back, it was with any kind of positive praise of the music. I was like, oh, my God, I was going to I still I plan on like printing it out and just putting a little picture on my wall <laughs> of, of, Will, of like Will you have given some like props to the music. It's like that's I mean, that's kind of up there for uh, in my head. That's like as good as a Grammy. So I'm going to take it. Right, it's like he didn't yeah. he didn't have to do it. So, right. Yeah, right, it feels right. good to like have some of that caliber just be like yeah it's sweet like i want to do it so yeah he's had quite the eclectic experience you know with various bands and genres doing their stuff and mm -hmm. it's really and, and a lot of bands i that i'm personally a fan of you know people like circus survive and uh i like the early code orange stuff but you know he's done stuff with code orange and uh, mm -hmm. Wonder Years is also awesome. Balancing Composure, Super Heaven. That's another band that I think is pretty underrated. But uh, you can you can definitely tell kind of he has a signature approach, I think, with mixing and mastering. And uh, I didn't know that he actually did that album for you guys, but it makes a lot of sense now. It does. It does make a lot of sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just got that that flavor to it. You know, you can't quite describe it, but it does have just that will you up sound to it a little bit. How did how did that come together for you? Did you just kind of send him an email and see if he'd be interested, or yeah, like how did that yeah. connection happen? <laughs> That's it. Go to willyip.com. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> or whatever, and Incredible. send it off, and hope That's hope you awesome. get a bite. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, wow. like he he had just mixed the Caspian album yeah, before, yeah. and I think that's what kind of sparked the idea. Where it was like, oh, he will mix post rock. Like he hasn't really done that before, so. Yeah. In fact, I was going to tell you kind of like some of the first impressions I got of listening to you guys. I could, you know, it's easy to sit, when you hear post rock, you say other post rock bands, but I think there was some elements. I'm like, oh, that kind of remind me of Caspian there, or explosion in the sky moments. Like, 
or this will destroy you. You know, like I can see a lot of that type of stuff in your guys' music, but you guys are uniquely doing your own thing where I think you guys have kind of a signature to your sound. And this is, I mean, this is paramount in any uh, post-rock band is I just, I just love your flavor for, and your ability in your dynamics and how you build songs. Right. You know, I can, there's some various examples that I could give you guys, but just incredible. Like that just isn't something that you develop overnight. You have to have a real talent for that stuff. And there's just a a linear psychology in listening to a song from you guys from start to finish where you can hear it build and build and build and build. And um, it's just incredible. It really is. Yeah. Appreciate that. that. (laughs) (laughs) How much more we can say. Yeah. Much appreciated. Do our best. (laughs) I still have a lot to get through. I've been playing. In your, I guess, uh, Perfect Blue, it came out in 2022, right? Yep, yeah, or I believe so. It was like right at the end of the, the year. That album's incredible. I had that yeah. on, on repeat too. Yeah, I was playing that one today on the drive over. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's it is very excellent. But, uh, was your guys' first, I guess, EP or release was that still, or is it the yep. greatest name? Nope. Still, yeah, still was still. the first one. Okay, to us, it seems like Perfect Blue was sort of a, a a good mix of still and the greatest need is kind of how we were thinking of it. Like we, I felt like we got kind of, if you can get technical with post-rock, <laughs> uh, perfect, yeah. the, the greatest need felt more technical. I know it was trickier drumming and just trickier guitar parts. And I mean, again, we're not like shredding necessarily, but sure. You know, it was trick. It was, it was kind of pushing boundaries for us and still felt a little more straightforward and kind of punching and clear. And then I feel like we we really kind of combined the two into sort of a, a little more intricate, but yet not as intricate maybe as The Greatest Need and just is more straightforward, but in an interesting way. So yeah, I know we're, we're really happy with how The Perfect Blue, came, how Perfect Blue came out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, there's these various ideas are popping in my mind now after hearing some of your guys' backstory and stuff, like in a, in a song like Nothing that you guys had on The Greatest Need. I, that might be my favorite track of your guys' overall, uh, just because I think it kind of it shows a variety of your guys' musicianship. And it's like a 10 minute track, I believe, as well. So it's kind of easy t- to implement that stuff whenever you have a track that long. But, you know, it's just and especially there's about seven minutes in Grant. There's a drum part that just kind of sticks in my head uh, that you play. And it's really intense. And it's just that song in particular is I, I arguably is of the most beautiful song. One of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. I just, Damn. you know, you guys have been setting the hooks into me, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got me, got me setting the hooks. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I appreciate hearing that. You know, that's again, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool to hear feedback. Uh, you know, from someone who isn't like our mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of feedback and and reception, what do you guys, I mean, what kind of feedback have you been getting, uh, you know, outside of, uh, you know, family and friends? Have you guys gotten any type of notoriety, a write-up or anything that really made you feel great about what you're doing and kind of put more wind in your sails? Yeah, I mean, nothing crazy, but I mean, honestly, I I expected some like, some like backlash, like, oh, they're doing vocals now. or something like sure, and yeah. like literally <laughs> i didn't see one comment or anything about no just like so that was kind of surprising um but yeah in general like it's it's been just great feedback and yeah and the fact that you guys have uh started doing vocals too you know i, I it just seemed like a natural progression in, in what you guys were doing to me and i was like oh this is kind of interesting the fact that they 
didn't do vocals and are are doing vocals now. But I think you kind of see that in post rock with yeah. several different bands. I mean, Caspian building kind of right. there, uh, and Mogwai was another band. Um, you know, mm-hmm. did a did an album with some vocals on there. So I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, and it sounds great. Guys, yeah, it sounds awesome. Know? Yeah, uh, it doesn't sound. You know, I don't feel like I'm listening to a different band. I guess right. is the point exactly. I'm trying to make. It's still yeah, that's guys. what most people I think are scared of is whenever they when they have a band that's all instrumental and then you add vocal work, you're afraid it's going to be something completely different new, and that's definitely not what's going on with your guys' situation. I think it's enhancing the sound, if anything, personally. I really do dig it. I think it's down. I'm down with this newest album. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah, thanks. I think one thing that might have helped that is. Honestly, when we started writing the album, like we had no intention of putting vocals on it. Like it was completely written. Uh, we were like, we started mixing it, and then Evan was like, "Guys, sneeze vocals," and like I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you bring this stuff now, and like also, right, yeah, we. <laughs> well, I think it was like, didn't William like have it like? damn near done yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. so he, he's a saint <laughs> for that like we were like dude like we're sorry but like after after like internally we had dwelled on it for i don't know a couple of weeks or so and we all agreed like yeah actually i think this is a way to really enhance what we have here and then we just went back to will and we were like oh my god I'm so sorry, but we need <laughs> we're going to add some vocal tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seemed like he was a pretty good sport about it. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, he was way too patient with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah like. So who took on the vocal duties? I don't know that I've I've discovered who is actually doing. Is that you, yeah. Tony, or is that Grant? That was, that was me. Okay, great well, stuff. Voice of an man. angel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't know he had it in him. It, it was all like shock. It was like, uh, damn, Tony. <laughs> was that your first time like attempting vocals in any of your musical projects? Or so, kind of. Yeah, like I had been doing some stuff on the side, like myself, but nothing I re- had released where I was kind of like getting into shoegaze and stuff like that. Yeah, or maybe had a couple demos that didn't really go anywhere, and I didn't think I could. I didn't think I could finish a song like that. Sure. And, um, but yeah, that kind of forced me to, to just do it. <laughs> I think the, uh, the production approach, and I don't know if this was intentional by Will or any direction that you gave to him or whatever the case is, but how your vocal mix sets in on the newest album is, uh, I immediately, I was just like, Oh, this is kind of like, you know, like dive or slow, slow dive or, you know, bands of that out, My Bloody Valentine, where the vocal mix is a little, is kind of behind the music somewhat, but still, you know, it's distinctive enough that you can hear it in the notation and enunciation um, that it almost, I think like mixes like that usually almost makes your voice more of an instrument. Right. And just kind of adds to the ensemble and the presentation. Right. It doesn't like uh, power over the track. It kind of enhances the track. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's definitely what we were going for, especially coming from just post rock and then adding that in. It seemed like a natural like way to not make it so jarring. Plus, like we all like music like that. Some shoegaze band. Yeah. 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 So. And, sh- and I really didn't like when I first started listening to you guys, too, I was like. I saw shoegaze and kind of the sub genre mentioned and I was like, I, I didn't really see it. But then once I got to your tracks with vocals, I'm like, okay, I see it now. And that, and that mix and some of those comparisons I made earlier, do, do you guys think going forward, you're going to keep, keep with it, keep with the, uh, you know, some vocals on the tracks or might go back to completely instrumental, just up for whatever. I don't know if there's any going back now. I 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once you cross that barrier, right? Pretty much, yeah. We one thing we do keep trying to do is we keep trying to infuse metal into these songs and it just it doesn't happen, but we all have so much yeah background in history and metal, like we keep trying to sneak in little blast beats here and there, or we keep trying to like you know I or, totally yeah. notice that. Yeah. Sometimes like we some might, breaks or something. Yeah, we, we might go overboard and like there's blast beats for two minutes. And one of our what, demos, what yeah, is we're basically <laughs> ripping off Deaf Heaven, it feels like, but it's like <laughs> it's uh yeah. There you go. So yeah, I don't know. We're we're just I don't know. We're, again, we're trying to have fun with it. Like we don't have we don't have goals, you know. We're, there's three guys having a good time, really. That's the best approach because then you just use your creative juices and just do what you like to do. You know what I mean? You're not yeah. like trying to please anybody but yourself. You know what I mean? So you can really write what you want to write. And a lot of the musicians, especially if they're good ones, uh, I think you're your biggest critic. So, you know, if it's not going to leave the walls of the studio or your tracking space or whatever the case is or the practice space, you know, so, but I, I just, you know, just right away, guys, I can't express enough, like how much your music and your, your instrumentation, your musicianship just like jumped right off the page to me. Yeah. And I think that our fans and, and people that listen to our show are going to get that same experience whenever they first listen to you guys. And of course, we're going to have some tracks of these nice gentlemen driftless on the show today. So stick around at the end of the show on the final mix and you guys will get to hear some of our favorite tracks from Driftless. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody will love you guys. I think uh, our listeners are going to find a new new thing they're really into for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah so one thing great. I wanted to ask you guys before you got off here too, as well as kind of the, the songwriting process, because I know you guys are kind of living um you know a bit of a ways apart uh, the basis now kind of out on the uh, west coast uh, how does that work for you guys now is are you guys just spitballing ideas back and forth you know sending a google drive file to somebody and and then they're kind of putting their own spin on it and hand it off back like how, what's that look like yeah pretty much i mean there's so many bands nowadays doing that sure yeah i mean um but also i mean we were fortunate enough to like we started you know, writing together in person for years. So I think that definitely helps like, yeah. Yeah. Us like do it online now and still kind of have a natural kind of vibe together. Yeah. And technology has come such a long way to that, you know, that's very doable, but uh, the fact that you guys did play together to echo your point that you guys already knew that you had that chemistry and kind of like minds as musicians and same End goal, I know that you didn't say that you had goals, but, you know, end goal in the sense of this is the type of sound that we're trying to achieve and how we complement one another. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that. When it comes to the songwriting process as well, is there, you know, it, is it very collaborative? Is like, you know, Tony has an idea or whoever, is there kind of a primary songwriter? What's that look like too? I guess more often than not, uh, how it goes is like, usually Evan's the one to start a song okay. like he just kind of riffs like he'll he has just tons of riffs like he'll just send them out and like we see one we like and we'll just start adding something to it and uh i mean it just goes from there we pass it back and forth and keep adding and then it for, forms a whole song and very cool what about you grant what kind of input do you have outside of the the beats that you're laying down you know, not, I mean, I can't play guitar, so I, I always struggle with uh, specific feedback on that. You know, yeah. generally it might be, it's more general feedback. <clears throat> if I have anything on like a, you know, progression of a song or whether Time or not, change. Yeah, just, or if something should go a little bit longer to build up or, or what have you. And then if there's any particular drum beats that I think would go well, then 
it, we, we certainly have kind of reworked some riffs a little bit, uh, or placement of, of various notes to maybe align with a certain drum beat here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, as far as like guitars go, yeah, I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, making as many, uh, good contributions as like Tony and Evan are, you know, I do what I can, sure. but I don't speak guitar. So it is a struggle sometimes, but yeah, yeah. more on the general side. You guys got anything else in the works right now that you guys are working on? Yeah. Working what's, toward a new release? What's, what's that in the future? Like? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so well, I think we could talk about at least vinyl. I think, uh, we won't give too much away necessarily, but we are working partner to release perfect blue on vinyl. And oh, we are hell awesome yes. on that. Yeah, it's it's going to be an amazing just package and everything kind of going all out with it. So uh, that should be coming up here this year. That is awesome. one kind of exciting piece of news that we're I know we're all yeah. just pumped on. Keep us informed because I would like to have that. Yeah, <laughs> no, ab- ab- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you guys, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely be one of the first to know. We'll we'll, we'll let you know once we get okay, a little cool. more everything a little more finalized. But this will be the sure. first of our releases we'll be putting out on vinyl. And again, yeah, we've, I guess, as far as goals go, that might actually be one of them. Is it? it we've, <laughs> I know we've all wanted to do it. It's just so expensive. So we're, we're pumped to yeah, yes, we're going to partner definitely. on this and yeah, finally get it done. We did release still on physical cd which i actually have a, stu- a few kicking around in my basement here <laughs> and uh maybe, maybe i'll send you guys some if you give me an address yeah absolutely hell yeah a guy that does the show with us ridge and his brother they do waxing on and they actually do album reviews and stuff and he actually commented on twitch and said send me a copy of any media and we'll do a review for you guys so sick yeah we can get you an address and let ridge yeah. and we can right do on. one too <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah the waxing on piece of ours like josh said they just review physical media specifically whereas we we interview not only musicians but various types of artists whether it's you know physical medium impressionists pain painters you know just about anything under the sun professional wrestlers, wrestlers even. yeah <laughs> yeah comedians so on and so forth so but uh, we often try to focus in on the st louis area because that's kind of where we're from but we get the occasion to reach out to somebody outside of that area, such as your case. And, uh, you know, it just, I, I don't think it could have been a better band for this week's episode for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I even told Josh before we even got on this that I was really looking forward to talking to you guys that I was genuinely a fan of your guys' music. And, and I think our audience is going to be as well. Cool. Yeah. I hope, I hope, uh, anyone who checks us out enjoys it and grabs a snack for listening because the songs are long. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I was just curious too, with, uh, with regards to the vinyl, uh, piece of it, did they tell you guys that there was going to be much of a lead time on that? Because I'm hearing that things are starting to get a little bit better with vinyl production, but I don't know how actually that is or how, how much better is better. Yeah. I'm not sure we have a, a finalized date, but, uh, I was surprised about uh, how soon uh, we think we're going to have that okay. ready now. So, That's cool. so yeah, it does seem like it's probably getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I'm sure the price is going up, though, too, because isn't it a lot of it based on oil? Yeah. yeah. And I know oil has been getting ridiculously priced again, too. So but maybe there's more of it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really yeah. know what was causing the vinyl shortage. I just know that it was a pain in the ass there. For well, a it was years. that. And also, I believe Adele and Taylor Swift. Specifically, oh, I forgot. They mass produced their albums like hundreds of thousands in vinyl, oh. which kind of ate up a lot of manufacturing across the table that paired with the pandemic and, and uh, supply so chain a- issues and oil prices going up. It was like a perfect storm of like, 
screwing vinyl production period for anybody. Yeah, Ridge said Swift and Adele. <laughs> yeah, Swift and Adele definitely were a, at least a third of the the issue that took uh, That's crazy, man. Yeah, we can't compete with them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who can for, for real? Right, yeah. So guys, whenever you guys are have uh, got some motion on that vinyl, as Josh mentioned, let us know just outside of the fact that we want to buy one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to let our audience know that it's available too. So, And uh, we'll be sure to share that and uh, so that audience members can pick that up too. Yeah, for sure. What's the chances of us seeing you guys uh, on tour anytime? <laughs> I hear oh, yeah. Explosions in the Sky is going on <laughs> uh, their last tour. Maybe we can get you guys to open for them. Yeah, there you go. Let's, let's, wild. Get, a, <laughs> <laughs> let's get a campaign started. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if some crazy band was like, yeah, you guys are the ones we want, then yeah, I mean, we'd probably uh, make <laughs> do it what happen. we have to do. But I mean, we're, I don't know, we, we all got you know, day jobs that we all I understand. Man. It's, you know, we, we living in real life here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Totally. We, we go through the same thing, right? This is just our little side hustle and something we yeah. do is fun and try to, you know, pay it forward. Like this is, I wish I had something like this when I was a musician for, you know, people to talk about my stuff and, right. and that sort of thing. So that's just kind of the way we try to approach it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys doing this. I mean, this is my first interview. This feels this is sweet. <laughs> so, yeah, good. It, it, it's it's nice that again people have found our music, enjoy it, and want to talk to us about it. Like that's doesn't get much cooler than that. Now, I know that our audience members can follow you guys on Bandcamp specifically. I know that music's on Spotify. I always consider Spotify the commercial. And if you actually like an artist, go check out their Bandcamp. Maybe Bandcamp Friday where. Money goes more directly toward the artist specifically. They're on Apple Music too, because I have Apple Music. Apple Music. Anywhere else, you know, I guess you guys have social media. Uh, Instagram is where I primarily follow you guys, but I know you guys have Facebook as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty much <laughs> only active on Instagram these days. Yeah. And we're yeah, even barely, yeah. Just barely, but... But yeah. I spend majority of my time on Instagram <laughs> as well. Yeah. I think that seems to be more of the artist outlet in social media, that and TikTok. So... Yeah, and yeah. I feel like an we, old we, man on TikTok. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we, we haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> like, yeah. Even just making those damn reels was like hard enough. Like, I can't. It's a, a well, because you, it's like a, there's a story, a post, and a, and a freaking reel. And like, you can do a right. reel as a post, but you, I don't know, the whole thing. Yeah, I know. We're just old men now. So it's a little daunting, uh, especially it seems as like as soon as you get it down, something changes and, uh, you know, your whole workflow is kind of, screwed up on social media yeah. too yeah well yeah and then they change aspect ratios or you know dimensions yes. of images and the whole, i mean every you know phones change every year so backgrounds and it, yeah it's crazy <laughs> even spotify you got like the the back the moving backgrounds we like we got a special moving right. background on like the renew track single and yeah like it's a whole other thing you got to figure out now <laughs> which actually shout out to our, our buddy uh dennis Sengdong who did our music video for uh renew that yeah so it's all 3d um 3d animation work he's a great animator out in la and that's us awesome, out on dude. that and uh, anyway so yeah just just reminded me that's just you know the scene used in the background of that and spotify uh background but yeah it's a whole deal we also have a youtube now too if you do want to watch those whatever drum videos uh yeah, we got a YouTube. What do I think? It's just Driftless Band. Very good. Well, we'll be certain certain to tag you guys on YouTube too. So we're everywhere as far as podcasting channels are concerned, and and uh, have our own YouTube channels. So we'll put our video conversation up there on demand. Guys, we appreciate your time today, and yeah, I know it's so uh, 
always awkward connecting with somebody that you don't have any type of background or familiarity with, but uh, I really appreciate the conversation and um, just really looking forward to your guys' success because I think it's just a matter of time. It just takes the right person to hear you guys and, and uh, you guys are very talented. And uh, I, I can say that from being a musician myself and uh, just the sky's the limit, I think, for you guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate the kind words. all for sticking around after the break thank you to grant and tony from driftless great dudes awesome dudes awesome musicians awesome music yeah definitely definitely go check these guys out they have a lot to offer very talented musicians very humble people support their work i love how nonchalant these dudes are yeah (laughs) they're like yeah they act like they're not badasses but they're fucking badasses yeah they're really talented musicians (laughs) yeah telling you and uh you guys are gonna hear a track at the end of the show today nothing it's the track that i detailed that i love of theirs that i it's just one of the most beautiful pieces of music i've ever heard i just told josh i said if whenever i die make sure these motherfuckers play this song (laughs) so he's gonna make sure that that happens yeah it's just uh yeah this this track that you're going to hear is fantastic it's got a nice build and it's just filled with all kinds of goodies so yeah and so uh i i mean i think that you guys are gonna love these guys i it's an older piece of their music but you'll hear their music in the transition and definitely listen to the brand new album as well a little bit more so perfect blue and uh will yep produced it which was a huge surprise to yeah, me. yeah i had, I had no, no idea. idea he had his hands in that but like you said it makes a ton of sense now that i do know <laughs> right right i mean that guy fucking produced like lauren hill right yeah major producer he's got some fucking heavy hitters in his catalog and that's cool of him just to take on anything like that though right too. right you know what i mean just to email him and i didn't even know he did the new caspian album which is crazy to think but on that newest caspian album they had the lead singer from pianos become the teeth which is a band that i found out about like well over 10 years ago and they've kind of changed over time with their music i think their 2017 album it's got like a i think it's got like a chick levitating on the front of it but that i didn't listen to that album the year it came out i listened to it the following year i was like how the fuck did i miss this album because it ended up like maybe was would have been my favorite record that year because it's just got such awesome lyrics the vocalist is a fantastic singer but he's uh on, on a caspian track and I was obsessed with that track from the year that that album came out and just played that over and over. So that, I, I could see it if it's Will Yip's fingertips on that one, too. Yeah. So makes a lot of these connecting pieces make a lot more sense. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about what we got ahead of us next week. Next week, we've got Lotus Eater Machine, Grindcore guys. And I know that we somehow became connected after the See You Next Tuesday interview, which was our pilot episode of season two. 
And they, I actually listened to our interview and told us that they enjoyed it. And I was like, wow, well, that's cool. And well, let me go you? check out your guys' music. And, <laughs> right. and I said, would you guys be interested in doing the show? And they said, yeah, absolutely. And so that's that's this. And and uh, they're going to be on our next episode, episode 13 with Lotus Eater Machine. Looking forward to talking to those guys. Grindcore band, Mathcore. Take me back, baby. You know, kind of got some of those like locust-y type influences you know i think there's a couple different uh, other bands that are recommended on spotify that they say they sound like uh, like sawtooth grin uh, underneath you know just when i heard them somewhat of the locust for sure stood out to me not that they sound like them but there's there's bits and pieces there right right yeah so definitely influence there for sure I'm definitely looking forward to talking to these guys and picking their brains and finding out what their actual influences are i I'm sure that, uh, you know, since they watched the See You Next Tuesday interview, that that might come up in the discussion. Yeah. Looking forward to connecting with those guys, and, and things are moving quick, man. Well, before we know it, we're going to be in, well, next episode is going to be in May. Yeah, it's and crazy. May is a month that always moves fast for us, Yeah, you know? Yeah, I've got like two birthdays, a wedding anniversary. Right. I mean, May's just a crazy month Same, same. <laughs> yeah, fa- fa- we usually take our family vacation in May too or real close to it. And then before you know it, we'll be in June and we'll be celebrating ATI podcast uh, celebrates women for the month of June too. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yep. I think it's time we do that. Absolutely. And, you know, it's the least we can do with all the other Bullshit, shit that's going on. Right? That crazy world. Fucking with women and their autonomy and reproductive rights and everything else going on you know in this fucking sick world yeah it's disturbing we are going to bring a spotlight if you don't know what we're referring to and this is the first time you're listening to the show to some very special women that are making and doing big things in the world and whether that's a we have a professional wrestler uh nikki xs uh we've got mary lee of earth mother health foods proprietor, very successful businesswoman for over 30 years in Southeast Missouri, has one of the most successful health food stores that's ever been. Yeah. And, you know, so, and uh, we're talking to Jackie Kelly, an actress out of St. Louis that's making some waves. So really looking forward. And of course, we're going to be doing a collab episode too with Waxing On. And we're going to be talking about women in rock, some of our favorite female musicians and their impact on music and maybe even our personal taste and influence and then we have a you know me i love my lady singers i got a lot of picks for that one (laughs) yeah for sure and then uh, we're gonna be talking to ann wood she's an artist out of texas Uh, she does an exhibition art and her artwork is phenomenal i I was kind of getting some feelings and some you know overtures of like midsummer some of her artwork oh yeah and um so yeah i'm really excited to like find out is that an influence of yours and if it's not it's oddly Similar. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So somebody like her, like she's doing like, when we say exhibitionist, not like, you know, in, in name alone, like she literally creates art exhibitions. We're talking like maybe a bed with like rose petals on it and real intricately all designed. Right. And then maybe a, a shower of rose petals coming down. Like she actually create creates exhibitions, right. uh, almost like real life dioramas, I guess is kind of, if you're not familiar with what, you know, that right. is. Right. So, but uh, we've kind of in our, you know, teasing of episodes, you know, we do the reels every so often that we update with future guests and what's on the agenda. Uh, We have put up a few of her pictures, but we're going to really hammer on as we get closer to June, specifically each one of these artists do a little artist profile. So you kind of are a little bit more familiar with them when they come on to the show. 
and why we may have selected them. So yeah, really looking forward to June. And I've also tasked everybody as a part of our creative collective to nominate a special lady in their life. So that'll be kind of a strictly social media post that we'll put across all of our social media platforms of a special lady in our life. I've asked it not be a family member, um, but it can be a family friend. It can be a teacher. It can be maybe there's just an older girl in school that was a big influence on you and was kind to you and helped you. And just, it, I'm not going to put any limitations on it other than just not a family member because that just is a little too easy, I think. Yeah. My mom. Everybody yeah. would be like, my mom. Right, right. So, <laughs> but uh, I think we might get some fascinating submissions and yeah. interesting submissions on account of it's going to cause some of us to think that don't think that often too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think a lot. So. <laughs> It'll work. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, guys, got a lot of stuff in the works. I really appreciate you, everybody hanging in there. And I I know that kind of some of our releases and things have been kind of weird and wonky with the schedule. So hopefully we're going to be getting back to some normalcy here. And uh, just got a lot of exciting things in the works for you guys. Uh, Punk Rock Flea Market will be coming up at the end of May, too. And we're going to be doing some live streaming and try and get as much that we can content-wise to share on the show. How that will show up on the show, because we already had a schedule, uh, I really can't say it this time. I think right. at the bare minimum, we're going to put together a video, a highlight reel, or something of that. Maybe ilk. we can make it like a YouTube video exclusive or something, where yeah. people can walk around the flea market with us or something. If you guys sure. have ideas of anything that you would like to see, or you know, yeah, any way request. you'd like us to approach it, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out. Yeah, we're definitely going to be going around talking to various vendors, uh, bands that are playing at the shows as well. I would be curious to pick the brains of perhaps some of the you know goers, the patrons, because they might be there for various reasons, and how they heard about right. the event and that sort of stuff. Because that that feedback is very valuable to yeah. organizers and things like yeah. that who we are working with Let's bring directly. the people out. Right. Yeah, so Punk Rock Flea Market, as we mentioned, just put up the episode talking about that explicitly. We did a stream last night, uh, Wednesday night, kind of a weird night, and came together at the last minute with Don at the record space. He's one of the organizers there, as well as uh, Terra Taco. And then there's a, a women's boutique as well. Uh, that is there. It is uh, Glamgoria and that we talked about last night, yeah. too. And some interesting products there. They have a Facebook, if you guys want to check them out, if that name's intriguing enough to you. Go <laughs> check out uh, Glamgoria. And when I talked to Don last night, they, you know, he's expecting them to do some very event-specific goods. So that'll be interesting to see what kind of limited stuff they come out with. Don had said in the past, some of his events, they did things like record bath bombs oh, that's and cool. things like that. So. I'm really curious to see what, what she drums up, and I've been wanting to try Terra Tacos. I'm not a vegetarian or vegan anymore, but still enjoy that fare sometimes. But uh, the guy at uh, Terra Taco has been tasked with uh, finding food vendors, because uh, that's his world, and Forehands. It's going to be there. Forehands oh, nice. has kind of made the venue happen. Yeah. Forehands, as we've talked on this show many times about, we've heard Forehands here, Forehands there, with Joey O'Farrell and the Grandel Wrestling We've heard Forehands with the Maxine talk, Maxine 13, the artist in St. Louis over the 314 Art Gallery. Forehands is just a, well, even our episode with Heb, Forehands sponsored the Planned Parenthood that back in, uh, was it 2017 or 2018 that we did um, whenever I was in the band Meyer Giants. And um, we, we performed there and Forehands sponsored that event and donated all kinds of beer to the bands that were playing and everything and raised thousands of dollars for Planned Parenthood at that yeah, time. that's awesome. So Seems like they're very community-involved company, man. Driven. 100%. <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy to shut up and take my money, Forehands, because yeah. you guys are 
really doing something in the community, and it's really refreshing to see. And get on this show, Four Hands. Man, these guys, delicious beer, but they really are fantastic people. So. Yeah, doing great things. Looking forward to talking to them, too. Fuck Donald Trump. Right up his orange booty hole. For this week, I am Barry Insane on Instagram and Twitter. He's Josh underscore Josh Welch on Instagram. And we are out of time. Good night and good luck. And stay so safe out there. Drift on.
Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast 22, on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at atipodcastquestions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. This is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We'll be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support. And as always, please stay safe out there.